Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I actually... With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Yes, it's a big welcome to a big season, season 12, as we bring in Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions, with the one and only Serial Killer Whisperer, Amanda Howard. She's a criminologist, a true crime author. As I mentioned, the Serial Killer Whisperer. There's, oh, list is too big to mention here, Amanda. Hello. (laughs) Oh, you do me so kind, Robert. How are you going? (laughs) I'm good. I'm really excited to be back. We're back on form. Everything's come together for season 12. I'm very excited. We've got new backgrounds. We'll see when I change them again. <laughs> it's always interesting, but I do love it. I love, I love the darkness of, of the blood behind us. Mm. Better than the one that we had in the first episode we did this way. We both had different swirling bloods and it just, I didn't have enough blood. So I'm glad that we have equal blood rights now. Yes, indeed. Indeed. I think I gave you a bit more blood. Hey, speaking of the video and what's behind us, I've got to say a big thanks to everyone who's been supporting the video podcast, which you can, of course, find at mwm.uscreen.io. Amanda, the reality action has been fantastic. People are really enjoying being able to see the body language that you're referring to. But of course, we're still trying to service those who uh, listen on the podcast. Yeah, that's right. And um, it makes me totally aware of my own body language too, because I do uh, telltale signs to let people know how I'm feeling. And they're picking up on that as well. But it's so good to be able to give these visual (laughs) What do you mean when you're annoyed with me? Yeah, like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) clenching fists and giving you this sign and all of this. Yeah, but they can see that now. So I'm trying to keep my hands in my lap as best I can. But I'm one of these people who is mute without their hands. So um, I'm trying. (laughs) You are. You are trying. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, we're doing Ryan Waller as our psychological profile. Now, Amanda has asked me not to get too across this case because apparently it is filled with some OMG moments and I'm going to take the journey along with our viewers and our listeners. So that's pretty exciting, Amanda. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. I have goosebumps when I found this case. Um, it sort of grabbed me straight away. So I'm always looking for new cases and usually I just sort of add them to the queue that's now up to 2043, I think. Um, but this one I had to do as soon as possible because it's a little known case and I want to see how people react whilst they're watching it. So just please, guys, mm. just get into, into our Facebook group, either the Patreon group or the um, public group and tell me what you're thinking as you're listening to this this case because I'd love to see live responses. 
Well, we'll get into that very soon. But as always, we like to bring you a hit of news of what has happened this week. And three people have been arrested after the discovery of two bodies in the US state of Georgia. As Channel 2's Taisha Fernandez reports on the local news, police are not ruling out the possibility of this being a possible serial killer case. I just want to show you where police found the remains of the two women here in Henry County. Yesterday, it was right here in this wooded area. Now, we do have pictures of the suspects. Take a look at these. Police have them in custody right now. It's Dennis Lane, Renisha Preckwinkle, and Cleonsi Fisher. They are all charged with murder, and they're facing some additional charges. But the man there, Dennis Lane, is charged with necrophilia. Henry County police found the remains of two women yesterday behind a shopping plaza on Oakwood Manor Drive in Stockbridge, right off of Hudson Ridge Road. Those victims have not been identified yet. And remember, police found the remains of another person very close to here last week. Police are chasing several leads at the moment, and they're not ruling out that all of these victims are connected in some way. And they're also not ruling out that this could be a serial killer situation. Well, since that report, 41-year-old Dennis Lane, he's the man in the middle there, has been charged with the murder of 21-year-old Mercia Victor. It's alleged Lane was helped by two people when disposing of the body. Lane allegedly recorded video of the crime on his smartphone. Now, Amanda, the second victim hasn't yet been identified, but the body was dumped just across the road from the alleged murder scene. Yeah, it has. So um, it's quite interesting that they're actually focusing on one case at this time, and that is purely because of evidence they have on a mobile phone. So that's why they've been able to sort of jump ahead with some of these charges. But this is also linked to a third victim from last year and also a fourth victim from 2014. So uh, there's a lot of open questions that are currently happening about this case. Um, the arrest warrant is, is quite graphic to what has happened. There has been um, another murder that the family has been linked to. Um, these people are actually like related and partners and all of this sort of stuff. So it's quite a tangled web and there is a lot more information that's going to come on this case. But I think just this one charge is going to be added to a whole list by, by the time the police have finished their investigations because there has been a number of leads that have come forward in the last even 24 hours. There's some interesting elements to this. I mean, the first is actually the dumping of a body right across the road from where you did the murder that just seems stupid how did you get away with possibly four other murders if you are this stupid I <laughs> uh, don't know how I want to answer that question. But, yeah, it, we, we are seeing a bit of geographical profiling here that these victims were in, in close proximity. They were actually in Bushland behind a shopping centre. So I don't know if they were planning on dumping them in, into the, the, the big garbage bin things that they have behind shopping centres and hoping that they would get away. I don't know why they think that this was an easy uh, response to having a dead body on their hands um, because the two other people have only actually been charged with... Um, abuse of a corpse because they had helped dump this victim. I know that then surely if it's behind a shopping centre there is uh, cameras there as well so I think that um, they they messed up and, and we know that serial killers can mess up and they do these silly things that oh god we're behind a shopping centre and there's a camera but I think at the same time um, maybe they, they have a lot of other victims allegedly and that they think that they can get away with it because they've done this before. There has mm. been another victim found in close proximity in 2014 so, you know, it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, and the other thing that I found interesting was the idea that, again, this person has help. You know, there are people that knowingly help someone who is alleged to have killed 
to have murdered, and yet they are helping him allegedly dispose of the body. Well, they're family, so um, sometimes blood is thicker than water, but it also means that there is more people that can have this case collapse, and that's what we're seeing is is allegedly happening, that um, they have video footage of it on cell phones, which is the most ridiculous thing to do, and that it's possible that one of them is talking because we know that Lane, on his arrest, was able to quickly give them a lot more information, and so the other two were arrested shortly thereafter. So, um, yeah, it's basically only two people can keep a secret as long as one of them is dead. Amanda, I don't know anyone in my family who would help me bury the body. Really, I don't know many people in my my life. Maybe your sister. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) She's more likely to be my victim than my accomplice. I have to say that. That's very true. (laughs) All right, let's move on. Because the dating game killer has passed away, age 77. Serial killer Rodney Alcala was given the name due to his appearance on the game show of the same name in 1978 and would be sentenced to death row just two years later. Alcala was found guilty for the 1979 murder of 12-year-old Robin Somozzi and would ultimately be found guilty of seven murders. But it's believed he was responsible for many murders more deaths. He died before his death sentence was carried out. Now, Amanda, was he suspected of being a serial killer in the 70s or were his other killers a late discovery? Well, they were actually looking um, at him for a number of cases over the years, but it was only in 2010 that they added the additional uh, victims to his his list but uh, those victims is nothing compared to what that they believe that he's actually killed because they have uh, dozens of photographs of uh, women who he had photographed and no one has come forward to identify hardly any of them so it's possible that these victims are out there and unaware of the case and that they're safe and well but it's in in all possibility that a lot of these have actually been killed and we aren't to find the bodies yet so he was put in jail and he was sort of a nobody. It's quite interesting that during his court case he actually um, cross-examined himself and used two different voices, which I would love to get footage of, but oh, I cannot wow. find it. Yeah, he, he's one of those. He's um, he's very much a Ted Bundy type. He's, he's quite intelligent as well. Um, so I think that he got away with a lot more than what we know, but at, at the beginning he was just a killer of one victim. Now, it's obviously a little bit of a media headline, the fact that he was on a TV show. Let's have a look at a report by Inside Edition looking at this case, and it shows Alcala on the game show and speaks with the contestant who sat right beside him. We're going to have a great time together. It may be the creepiest episode ever on the dating game because this bachelor looking for love back in 1978 is actually a serial killer. I'm called the banana and I look really good. No one had any idea that Rodney Alcala had already launched his killing spree when he appeared on the popular dating show. He was a real creepy guy, a real idiot. Jed Mills was bachelor number two, and nearly 40 years later, he's still haunted by their encounter. This creep comes up and he puts his face practically in my face and he says, I always get the girl. When I think about what he said, I always get my girl, he kills him. That's what he's talking about. What's your best time? The best time is at night, nighttime. Why Despite Alcala's weird behavior on the dating game, the bachelorette chose him, but never went on the date because she reportedly found him creepy. 
got to say there, Amanda, I think Jeff's more haunted by the fact that he lost the game show. But anyway, um, (laughs) interesting that this woman picked up on a vibe and wouldn't actually uh, go out on the date. She said he's too creepy. Well, it's quite interesting because we often talk about on on this podcast that uh, these killers seem normal and average. So the fact that she gets a creepy vibe with him, it proves that he isn't good at just going up and taking a victim. So he obviously uses ruses um, like, oh, I'm, I'm a photographer, I'd like to take your photo and things like that, rather than this um, meet in a normal social situation. So he's obviously very socially awkward. And yeah, I mean, he was creepy, but I think more in hindsight, people have sort of um, projected a bit more of that creepiness on him than what was probably perceived at the time. Well, look, the simple fact is on the show, he comes across as quite likeable. When you see that vision from Inside Edition, he comes across, you can see why he won. He's cracking jokes, he's good looking, although she didn't know that because she was behind the divider. I just find it interesting that she wouldn't do the date. Very, very interesting. All right. Well, private recordings of Britain's most notorious serial killer, Dennis Nielsen, will be heard for the very first time in an upcoming documentary on Netflix called Memories of a Murderer, The Nielsen Tapes. Dubbed the Muswell Hill Murderer, Nielsen confessed to killing 15 people in 1983. We've actually profiled Nielsen on this very show, but these tapes will allow the man to speak for himself. Here's a look at the promo. (coughs) My name is Dennis Nielsen. From the journey to the police station, I was asked... Are we talking about one body or two? I immediately replied, 15 or 16. I was an inwardly troubled boy, and nobody seemed to notice. Nielsen went round swooping up vulnerable young men. Well, we've all got to die of something, haven't we? Normally, in a murder case, you'll have a victim. Then you will go looking for the murderer. In this case, we had a murderer, but he didn't know who the victims were. At one stage, there was no room under the floorboards. There were so many bodies there. It would be absolutely horrendous for these young men. I I am strong and weak. It is a tale beyond comprehension. The time is coming. I am the harbinger of death. I remember. It is a great heart to be considered to be monstrous. I am not a monster. I am a man. Awkward, isn't it? <laughs> the doco will stream on Netflix on August 18. Amanda, I'm in. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see all 250 hours. I don't want to just see the best ghoulish bits. I want to see how he builds to this and everything because we have a reverse. As I said, we had a killer and no victims. So he didn't get the notoriety he wanted straight up. So it's interesting to see how, how he has to sort of embellish it all. Um, but I'm not going to profile it right here with just a little promo. Um, but, yeah, certainly I will be watching it. 
Yeah, you, well, Netflix have the 250 hours worth of tapes. We do not here, yeah. so we'll have to rely on them. Yeah. I loved the David Tennant portrayal of Dennis Nielsen. Yeah. It was fabulous. That was gripping it in was. itself. To hear these actual recordings will be phenomenal because when, I, when Tennant did it, I felt like I was hearing the recordings. Mm-hmm. He had... The mannerisms, everything down to a T, this is going to be fascinating. Well, it's interesting that these are tapes because we know that there's actually a lot of film as well. So it'd be interesting to see if we just hear these cassette tapes or if, if we're going to see film because we used part of it in our episode that we did on this case. But I don't know if these 250 hours is including that or if this is separate or, or what. So um, I don't know. I loved their um, Don't F With Cats. That was brilliant. So it was a bit sensationalised, but they usually are. But, um, yeah, I think that this is going to that desire that we already have on this case by Mm. watching Tennant's um, beautiful portrayal. Yeah, it would be interesting to see the film, although this very much seems like it's only the audio recordings, the way they've set up the promo, Mm. so it will be interesting to see. And look, if you want more serial killers, where else would you go other than right here for Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions? This is where it all happens. You do get to hear any available recordings of confessions. And if you want early access to these episodes, just go to patreon.com slash mwmconfessions for as little as $5 a month. You can get early access and then there's a whole range of tiers with extra bonus features but of course if you want direct access to the video stream just go to mwm.uscreen.io that's mwm.uscreen.io in a moment the case with a twist amanda is rubbing her hands with glee as we get ready to profile ryan waller Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. I actually... With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. On December 23, 2006, 21-year-old Heather Kwan spent the day with her boyfriend Ryan Waller. Christmas was two days away and the pair wanted to spend the holiday season together. Yet when Heather didn't return home for Christmas and neither her nor her boyfriend answered their phone when her family rang, police were sent to their home late that evening to check on them. When police entered, Heather was dead on the lounge. She had been shot. Ryan was conscious but he refused to explain what had happened. Ryan Waller was arrested on the spot. His clothes, still splattered with blood, were taken as evidence and he was left in the back of a police car for six hours before his interrogation eventually began. All right, Amanda, set the scene for us. 
Okay, so we've got um, a young 20-something Ryan, and he has um, a crew cut, he's quite short, he's, he's, he's quite thin, and he's sitting in the interrogation room with his uh, side to the camera, so um, he is facing slightly away from it, but if, if he turns towards the camera, that's actually facing the table as well. Mm-hmm. He has um, just white coveralls on because, as, as you just said, they did take his clothes for evidence. But the most amazing part of it all is that he has this massive black eye in in his left eye. And so he's sort of groaning and moaning a bit and police come and go um, until they finally do come in. But he's even playing with the um, handcuffs that are on, on the table and literally handcuffs himself to the table as he's fidgeting, waiting to sort of come in and talk to him. I have to ask, uh, do we know when he got that black eye? Well, he couldn't remember, and so the police believe that what we're actually looking at is a domestic violence um, assault charge and and possible killing. So um, the police believe that this probably happened during the assault that that killed Heather, but at this point they really don't know, that. but they assume that he was punched in in the face. Who who by? They're actually going to go through, through this a bit because there is a couple of other people that were in the house during this time that seem to have different stories. So Mm. it's um, it's it's quite black, which means that it has been there for at least 24 hours, if if not longer. Um, but it's not sort of annoying him too much. But he is, um, as I said, he, he is moaning and groaning a bit. So it does give him some pain, but not enough for him to sort of say, you know, take him to the hospital or anything. Okay. It's interesting. My first thought was police justice, but obviously not if it was 24 hours prior. (laughs) Look, two officers enter the room after leaving Ryan in there alone for nine minutes. There are no introductions, just demands. Okay, actually, we now want your feet on the table. I'm going to take pictures of bottom of your feet for interesting they're just taking a pile of photos not talking to him they've actually convicted this guy before they've even chatted to him haven't they in their heads he's the guilty one we'll get to trying to get him to confess but we're going to gather as much evidence as possible now 
Yeah, and so they're totally ignoring him as a person here. They walk in, it's not, hi, Ryan, I'm detective such and such, and I'm, I'm detective such and such, like we normally see. It's like, put your feet up on, on, on the table, we're going to take photos of them. You know, and he's actually walked into this room barefoot. So God knows what his feet have touched. He's been in the back of a police car where other suspects have been, you know, so God knows what's going on here, but they're certainly not treating him as a suspect or a victim or anything like that. They're just, oh, put your feet up on the table. You know, it just, it just doesn't sit right with me that they're just basically ignoring him and want his feet. Yeah, they're, they're actually treating him like an animal. And when we finally hear Ryan speak, he said he wants to go to sleep. Yeah, I mean, he's sitting in a police station and he has been arrested for murder and he wants to sleep. So it's quite interesting that he doesn't realise the ramifications of what's going on, that he just wants to go to bed. You know, he's he's got a black eye. He doesn't want to be there. It's about 5am now. He's been sitting in a police car for, for six hours and he just wants to go to sleep. And, you know, he, he sounds actually more pissed off than anything. And while they're taking photos of his feet, he just sort of just doesn't care. And he, and he keeps putting his feet up and then taking them down and feet up and he'll do this a couple of times during this interrogation and he'll keep getting in, into trouble for it though at the start they wanted his feet on the table so it's, it's, it's quite bizarre well speaking of sleep this guy really wants to sleep let's look at what happens when he asks yet again to go to sleep i just want to go to sleep that's it if you have a concussion, you don't need to sleep. That's what the doctors will say. So I'll put your feet on the table like that. Just put them straight on the table. It's hard to know there. He sort of looks drugged or possibly even concussed. This could actually be dangerous. Yeah, it's quite interesting that he does seem to be a bit concussed, and yet the officer says if you're concussed, you know, a doctor would tell you you have to stay awake anyway. I forgot that that police officers have a doctor's um, education and standards as well. So it's amazing that this officer decides that he might have a concussion because he does have a really revolting black eye, but he just wants to sort of just go along with it and say, yeah, well, you're going to have to stay awake. You've been awake since God knows what time last night. It's now um, Boxing Day in Australian time, um, and he just he says, too bad, you're just going to have to stay awake. Mm, once again, because they... Uh, basically have the feeling you're guilty, you get no sympathy from us. Uh, this, this next part is general chit-chat, but it's more about what Waller does. Let's take a look. That's very interesting, Amanda, because that black guy is pretty horrible. And during that part, we're seeing him pick at it, play with it. Do we actually know what happened? No, but it's what they're actually going to talk about during this interrogation because obviously he's been hit by someone else. So was there a massive fight between him and Heather? You know, and we're going mm. to go through the blow-by-blow blow of what happens here. But, yeah, he's, he's actually there sort of 
picking off the dry blood. He's sort of opening his eye the best he can because it's literally swelling as we watch this film. It's just quite amazing how, how bad it actually gets. So it's still coming through. There's still blood pressure there. Um, and he's like, they're, they're still taking photos of his feet during all of this. And he's just playing <laughs> with his eye. And he's already put the handcuff on his arm. So he's actually going to hang, handcuff himself to the table soon. But yeah, they, they don't even care that he's he's got the handcuffs. So he either should have them on or shouldn't have, have them on. So this is a risk of a patient who seems to be drugged or concussed and they're just sort of ignoring what's going on. Like, yeah, but we're going to take swabs of, of your feet after you've just been uh, barefoot for six hours and you've walked through a police station and been in police cars and you've got a concussion. Yeah, maybe, yeah, well, the doctors are going to tell you just to stay awake anyway, so you may as well stay awake and be interrogated. So it's just, I don't know, it's... This is an ugly interview. It's interesting, the focus on the feet. There's a whole black eye there that's not part of the narrative here. And, look, we should note, it's actually been 20 minutes so far, and although there have been several officers in and out of that room, none have addressed him at all, Amanda. No, they haven't. And so um, anything he says during this um, is inadmissible anyway. So if he says, oh, yeah, you know, this is what happened, I shot her and then, you know, shit because she'd beaten me up or or, or something like that, um, you know, all of that could happen here and now because we know that he just wants to go to sleep, that he might just go blurt and, t- and tell the whole confession and they haven't read him his rights. So it's a bit silly to do that and he does talk, he, he does chat, you know, but there's a s- sort of this this toing and froing that's happening um, that they should be interviewing him. Take the photos later. I mean, we did the one on Brian David Mitchell who the photographer comes in h- halfway through the interrogation and, and the officer says, get out. I don't yeah understand why that's not happening they've had six hours to do all of this why is this now being done in the interrogation room not in like the crime scene collection area or whatever it's just it's just so bizarre how this goes it really is but look finally detective dalton sits down and starts the interrogation i am detective dalton Last name is Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R. Yeah. Your date of birth is 2-12-1988. Your social security is 600-62-5451. Yes? Yes. Okay. You know why you're down here, Ryan? Have no idea why you're down here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you serious? He's got no idea. Dead girlfriend, bloodstained clothes, doesn't give him a bit of a hint why he might be there. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, I mean, he's been in the police car for six hours before this interview started. They've come and taken swabs of his feet. You know, 
doesn't he want to start sort of saying I didn't do it I'm 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 not the killer I mean we see this over and over again that they start with a denial regardless of where it takes us to and so he's like yeah no nah, I don't know why I'm in coveralls no nah, I don't know why I've got a black eye no nah, I don't know any of this you know and it's just strange that Dalton sits down and goes I'm Detective Dalton and then gets out his folder, then gets out his pen. You know, it's just, just it's really odd. And the fact yeah, that he sort on, of says, hang on, hang on. this. This guy is being obstructive. At the scene, wouldn't t- give police any information. Now, you say, oh, I don't know why I'm here. I actually am starting to side with the police here and understand why they're treating this guy with contempt. One, it looks pretty obvious he did it. But two, he just say he was innocent. He's not helping his case here right now by being a smart-ass like this. Like, he has to know why he is there. Absolutely. As I said, he's been in that police car for six hours. Wouldn't he go, oh, hello, why am I being taken to the police station he he's just playing it he's just going oh yeah i don't know yeah you know here's here's my feet where's the handcuffs i'm going to handcuff myself to, to the table absolutely he is playing this the best way he can because if he says no i don't know why i'm here then they can suddenly go oh well you, you've been arrested for the murder of of your girlfriend and then he can pretend to be shocked and everything and just go oh i didn't realize that you know but they seem to know but so much the about him dead, right? and that's not interesting. Yeah, dispute. he does. He, no, no, he, he's, he knows that she's dead, but he's just playing it, as you said. You know, no, I don't know why I'm here. You know, I didn't do it. So mm. that's that's the path that we start on. Oh, I'm getting annoyed. We don't like it when Robbie gets annoyed. Uh, look, so <laughs> Dalton, rather than explaining why, he just ignores that and instead reads him his rights. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you something. So I, you could under, you understand uh, because I don't understand. I don't know what happened. Okay. So I'm going to read you something to make sure you understand your rights. Okay. Basically, I'm going to read it. You've seen cops before, right? Never seen a TV show cops or CSI or anything like that. Okay. Never seen that. No. You've never seen any kind of cop show, lawyer show, any kind of show. Yeah. Okay. I want you to listen up real closely. Okay, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to the presence of an attorney to assist you prior to questioning and be with you during questioning if you so desire. If you cannot afford an attorney, you have the right to have an attorney appointed for you prior to questioning. Do you understand these rights? Yes. Yes? Okay. What's the um, highest grade you went through school? I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what the highest grade you went through? Eighth. You, eighth grade? Did you graduate? Yeah. Did you, do you have a GED? I don't know. seems a little uh, apprehensive there. Why did he read him his rights rather than tell him why he was there? 
Well, now that they're actually finally getting to it, if he doesn't read him his rights first, anything he says can't be used in, in court. So rather than uh, saying you're here being charged with your girlfriend's killing, he's actually saying, well, these are your rights because then as soon as he then says to him, you're charged with the murder of your girlfriend, whatever his his response is can be used against him. So he, he sort of is leading to that, but it's just so weird that he is so apprehensive and he's just sort of... I would believe that this was Dalton's first day on on the job. He is slow to react, and um, Ryan's actually using the I don't know, and we've seen that before a lot. You know, I don't know, I don't know. You know, did, what 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 was your highest level at school? Year eight. Did you graduate? Yeah. You know, but it's so so quick that he answers some quickly, and then others it's I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So so why um, is he asking you know, about he, school? Because I think he thinks he's dumb and so he needs to sort of make sure that he understands his rights because the reason that we have Miranda rights is because people didn't understand their rights and so they were um, they were convicted and they didn't understand that they didn't have to speak to police, that they could ask for a lawyer. So this is why we have rights and so you need to understand them. That's why they say, do you understand these rights as I've read them to you? Because if they say no, then they can't continue. They have to stop there and bring in um, like an appropriate adult like, like they did in the Fred and Rose West case because they didn't understand because they weren't highly intelligent and so they had to have someone there to explain things to them in in plain English that doesn't defeat the the legal rights that they actually have, have to go through. So he's just trying to see how smart he is and basically this kid's response to everything is, I don't know. Sorry guys, that's a spoiler alert there for you. But it's just <laughs> interesting how he answers some of these things and there are some that he, he gives some great answers. I, I can tell you that too. It's not all, I, I don't know, but there are some pretty funny answers to come. Okay, well, that's good to know moving forward. But I've got to say, the way he said, I don't know, it reminds me of the McDaniel interviews, you know, the way he's just saying, I don't know, to everything. <laughs> but look at that smile you've got. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I thought too. I'm like, oh, here we go. So I went looking for, for, for press interviews to see if he, he'd done some interviews crazily beforehand too, but no, there wasn't. But, yeah, this is exactly the path I was going down. I'm thinking, oh, God, when I first watched this, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a McDaniel. I can see it happening. Mm. It's just going to be painful. But he just he does give some pearlers. Where Stephen McDaniel didn't, Ryan Waller is actually going to give some pretty good answers. I promise. Oh, okay. Well, let's get straight back into it to find out if we can hear some of those perlers because the questioning continues. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to go home. Oh, you're, you're not going to go home right now. So what? What's the highest grade that you completed? B? No. Not, not grade, as in letter grade. I'm asking, did you graduate high school? No. And the highest you went was eighth grade? Mm. Yeah. Do you know how to read and write, Ryan? Yeah. I don't think he's dumb. I think he's concussed. 
Okay, interesting. I just I just loved how he answered that question. It was an absolute crack up. You know, what's the highest grade you've got? And he goes, a B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, I just thought, cool. oh, my God, that's so funny. You know, and it's like, yeah, I, I had to laugh. And, and that's one of our first pearlers, I have to say. You know, um, but he's wanting to play games because as we can see, some of them he answers and like that one. Yep, my highest grade was a B. So his brain's telling me one thing, but what we're seeing is that something else is, is coming out now too. And so he's not answering them as quickly sometimes. And then when he does answer, it's like, I don't know. So mm. the cop's thinking he's just a moron. You think he's got a, a concussion. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got a pretty bad eye. So there's definitely something hurting there. But mm. um, we'll see how concussed he is when it continues. Well, let's move to the point where Dalton finally talks about the case. Do you have a girlfriend? Mm. No. Do you know, you know a girl named Heather? Mm-hmm. Do you know Heather's last name? Mm-hmm. What is Heather's last name? The one that lives there right now? I guess, I don't know. If her name's Heather, what's her last name? Um, I don't know which name she's trying to use as her last one. She's trying to have a real last as her nickname, so I don't know. What nickname does she go by? She probably wants the last name, Kaiman. Kaiman? How would you spell that? With a K or a C? K. Keep going. I don't know. How old is Heather? 16 or 17. Do you think he actually knows what's going on here? Well, it was when I accidentally was watching this on, like, well, actually, I wasn't watching it at all. I, I, I had it on, on my headphones at work, and it was that response just there that made me go, no, hang on a sec, something's going on here. So that's where I, I had clued in. Um, I'm hoping people are out there are yelling at the podcast all the thing that they've clued in on what's happened. But, you know, I was doing mean things, and just that last response that he said, oh, 16 or 17, I instantly went, no, hang on a sec, there is something else going on here and so then i started to listen to his responses so you need to listen in a bit harder okay i will do that i assume you're not going to reveal right now what that is oh, you're going to make no. us work for it amanda <laughs> no, 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 no. i'm going to make you work for it so um jules i know that you will be listening to this and i know that you are screaming at the at the screen right now because you will have picked it up as well as i did Hmm. Okay. I've got my intense ears on. They're pretty big. Um, <laughs> let's find out what happens when Dalton finally asks Walter Waller about his black eye. What happened to your face? I don't know. You told the officer just a few minutes ago that someone hit you. Do you remember who hit you? Um, I don't know. I think it was Heather. Why would Heather hit you? I don't know. It was an accident. I forgot why.
What was an accident? Heather's last name? No. What was an accident? Heather hitting me. What did she hit you with? Her hand and the eye. Did you guys have an argument? Not really, no. Not really? Uh-uh. What happened for her to hit you in the eye like that? She just hit me on accident. She was giving Christina a head. She was what? She was helping Christina with her hair or something. I don't know. Who's Christina? She's on the couch. Christina's on the couch? Christina's last name? I don't know. What does she look like? I really don't know. You don't know? Uh-uh. I really don't. What color hair does she have? Brown. Is it long? Just average. How old is Christina? 20 maybe? I don't know. Okay, so we've got a confession that it was Heather who hit Walla in the eye, but it was an accident while she was doing Christina's hair. I've got that right, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, so... Um, got my listening ears it's, on. It's an odd confession, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's exactly what he said, but it's interesting now he's getting angry, so he's getting frustrated. Mm. He wants to just get out of there, so he's trying to answer the questions as best he can. But did you notice that he went to answer about Heather's surname from a couple of questions ago? So that's interesting. That is interesting. Okay, so it's a bit like he's on slow motion, which would, that would, to be honest, um, add more credibility to my theory that he's got a concussion. Well, you know, Heather's struck him in, in the eye pretty hard. So was it an accident whilst Christina's hair was being done? Um, I don't think so, but I think that we're getting closer to the truth. So um, now Christina's on, on the lounge instead of Heather. So it's we're starting to form what's happening here. So we now have a, a second person there, um, and Dalton's now questioning what did she see because she he wants to know what Ryan's going to say and if it actually matches up with with what Christina has said because they have actually spoken to Christina already. Mm. Well, Dalton continues to interrogate Ryan about other people who were in the home at the time of Heather's murder. Do you know Alicia? Mm -mm. You don't know Alicia? Mm -mm. She lives at your house? You know a guy named Eric? Mm -hmm. What's Eric's last name? He's trying to pay me back. Green something. His last name is Green something? Yes? Yes. Okay. Where's Eric right now? I don't know. Do you have his phone number? I really don't. He doesn't have one. Okay. Do you have Heather's phone number? Uh, you don't know? Mm-hmm. I'm a Christina. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have anybody's phone number? Mm-mm. Now, he doesn't know much. But, <laughs> well, he doesn't, but he... Uh, okay, I'm going to say it looks like either there's a concussion... He's high, he's drunk, but he's certainly very tired. It's like going to a party and at the end of the night you're very drunk and you just want to get home and if you were catching a taxi or an Uber, you'd be asleep in the back of the taxi or Uber, right? He just wants to sleep. Yeah, he does, and he has just had six hours of sleep, hopefully, in the back of the police car, but we actually don't know, but we know that they did speak to him briefly during that time. But at the same time, he's not asking any questions. He's only answering. So he hasn't been told yet officially that he is being charged with Heather's murder. He's probably been told beforehand, but Dalton actually hasn't said it to him mm-hmm. in a way to say, like, you're my suspect, you know. And I know that they often play the good cop, bad cop, and and, and the Jennifer Pan one was, was a perfect example of that, that they keep going, keep going. But um, Ryan's just sort of uh, trying to protest a little bit, you know, I really don't know, rather than asking him to sort of say, oh, can you ask me again? Or no, I don't know his phone number, but I know Christina's. He's not offering any information, so he's playing it pretty close. So if this is someone who is concussed or if someone who's drugged or, or drunk or whatever, they would still have that cognition to say, hang on, what's going on? But we can see that he's not doing that. He has shut down. He doesn't want to answer these questions. He's getting pissed off and, you know, Dalton's just getting nowhere, but Dalton doesn't know how to get through. So, you know, as, as we see, he's, he's answering questions later to... Um, to what Dalton asked before. But mm. at the same time, he's not wanting to give up info. So it's, he's playing it very close. For someone who is concussed or drunk or, or drug, um, I don't think they could keep this going, that they would actually go, what are you talking about? And he's not, he's not offering anything and he's not, um, it's not a two-way conversation mm. at all. No. And the other thing, I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt by saying, well, he's very drunk or high or whatever it might be, but his girlfriend is dead. Whether he did it or not, usually an event like that would snap you out of whatever's going on. Concussion is different, of course, but something is not right here. Absolutely. All right. Well, the interrogation continues with Dalton trying to get a straight answer. What happened last night? I don't know. You don't know? I really don't. I just want to go to sleep and go to sleep. Well, you remember Heather hitting you in the eye, right? I don't remember after that because I just went to lay down and try to go to sleep. Alright. I don't know what anybody was doing. I really don't. Who was in the house when you went to sleep? Christina and Heather. Christina and Heather? Mm Hmm. Okay. And Christina was on the couch? Heather was. Heather was on the couch. You told me Christina was on the couch just a minute ago. Now, isn't this interesting, Amanda? The story is changing and Dalton's approach is different. In our last episode with Jennifer Pan, when her story changed, they didn't pick her up straight away. They just noted it. Dalton's jumping in here and saying, 
that's not what you said last time. Yeah, so it's quite interesting that this confession is changing. So he's realising now that he can get little bits out of Waller as as they continue. But it's yeah, it's definitely different to a completely coherent person like like we saw with Jack Jennifer Pan, who was psychopathic and um, knew what she needed to do to to get out of this. We have this dumb kid who is concussed or, or, or something who just doesn't want to be there and literally as we've just heard he said that he went to sleep straight after Heather had hit him so there seems to be that there was a blind rage that must have happened that maybe he was unaware of his actions and what he did that has precipitated her in, ending up dead on the lounge. So you just used the confession word is this the start of his confession? Absolutely. This is he's now starting to give up those details, and it's it's about picking those pieces out. Now, in, in in the Jennifer Pan case, they let her tell the story multiple different times. We're not going to get this here. This is a totally different in, interview style, and Dalton really has no idea what he needs to get from from Waller because he knows that you know he's injured. He he has his black eye. He now knows that there was a domestic violence in, incident. So now it's about getting him to say that he shot Heather and it's just it's starting so now we have the right victim in the right location so that's the first tick of, of the box that he's got so regardless of what what Waller's saying I don't know to he's actually now giving up these little bits of pieces that are coming together and it's obvious that you know his his thought process is quite fragmented but we are getting there mm, okay well he's now confessed to it being Heather on the couch let's see what else he finally remembers I don't know, man. I really don't. I really don't. You just don't know? I really don't, man. Or you don't want to tell me? I really don't know, man. I really don't. I just want to go and go to sleep, man. Ryan, you're not going to go anywhere. Do you know what happened in your house last night? Mm-mm. Is that house yours? Mm-hmm. Yours or your parents? Mine. You bought that house? Mm hmm. Okay. Why, what happened? Hmm? I don't know what happened. You're all beat up, right? So tell me what happened. I don't know. I just want to go to sleep, man. That's it. Remember what happened to your nose? There's a big chunk out of your nose. I don't know. Someone grab you? Were you fighting with somebody? No, I need to go. I need to go back to sleep, man. I'm just tired, man. That's it. I didn't even do anything. I just want to go to sleep. Do you remember what time this happened? Your eye? Like one? Or maybe earlier? I don't know. It's interesting. He answered that time pretty quickly. It happened at one. Yeah, it's interesting that every so often he has a sharp moment of, of clarity that he actually goes, yep, it happened at 1am, yep, um, now I just want to go to sleep. So there is these small pieces of this jigsaw puzzle that are coming together. So what Dalton is doing is he's feeding responses to him rather than asking him open questions for him to answer. He's saying there's a big chunk out of your nose, you know, so what happened there? You know, has this had a, you know, have, have you had a fight? Who's done this to you? 
and this has been able to sort of bring some of that recall back for Ryan and he's saying oh yeah it happened at one o'clock you know but he is wanting to go to sleep and it's quite amazing that you know this is this started at 5 30 a.m and he apparently says it happened at 1 a.m last night so we know that he's been in a police car for six hours so it's starting to say okay well is that the truth because that was a very quick answer and so mm-hmm. it's quite weird how this will come together and it's yeah so the one o'clock was very quick but why was it quick why are they persisting with this interview it's obvious he really wants to sleep i get the idea of trying to wear him down and maybe they'll get honesty maybe that's what they're thinking they'll get honesty by him being pushed past a sleep state it's almost a form of torture but he's not really giving anything here would they be better letting him have that sleep and then interrogating him or is this the best way to do it well as you said this is a form of torture and that's exactly what's happening here this guy wants to sleep he is not going to answer questions coherently until he has that sleep and so they're pushing him beyond that because they realize that if they keep going he's just going to say say yep blah 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 happened and i'm done and i'm out of here and so i can sleep so that's why he keeps saying to him that you know if if you tell me what happened then you can go to sleep just Hmm. let me know what happened but this confession is just all over the place Well, it's interesting because from what you're saying, there are a few twists and turns to come and we're going to find out what those twists and turns are in the next episode of Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Amanda, I'm on the edge of my seat with this one. I cannot wait (laughs) to find out how it ends. And please, people, don't go and and look at the end of the book. Just wait and hold off for Mm. us to go through it with you. It's going to be worth it because it's amazing. I promise you that. Yes, take the journey with the serial killer whisperer. Don't no spoilers, people. No spoilers. <laughs> and you can join us next week for that one. And if you want early access, all you've got to do is sign up to Patreon at patreon.com slash MWM Confessions or for a direct feed of the video, which is released at the same time as the early audio episodes, you just gotta to go to mwm.uscreen.io. I'm Rob McKnight, she is Amanda Howard, the serial killer whisperer, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.